Ellen, Rebecca, thank you so much. What a beautiful preparation for our time of worship and celebration. And for you, Merry Christmas Eve morning. What a great day. And you know, with a bit of the weather, it sure seems a little bit more like Christmas, doesn't it? We are so thankful for that. And we're thankful that you have come and to, to worship with us this morning. If you are a guest today for the very first time, uh, there is a uh, form in the seat in front of you. If you would just take that and fill it out, and before you leave today, just drop it in the offering boxes at one of the exits, we would appreciate that. And I would ask you, if you would, to join me in a time of prayer as we prepare ourselves to meet the Father. Understanding the presence of God in this very special time. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we've had to gather together. We reflect on this past month as we've had so many opportunities to be together, to fellowship, to worship. To be able to lift up our praises to you, to give you honor and praise and glory, and today is no different. Father, on this Christmas Eve day, we ask you to continue to divinely intervene within our minds and our hearts and our spirit. I pray, God, that we would be open and listening. I pray that as we sing the songs of the faith, that, that Father, it will not only encourage us and those around us, but Father, it will be an aroma of praise to you, thanking you in this celebration for sending your son, Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. So this morning, we praise you, amen. If you are comfortable standing, I invite you to do so as we begin our time of worship with Hark the Herald Angel Sing. Yeah. 
Eve, we celebrate the end of Advent and the arrival of the promised one. The one of whom the prophet spoke, Emmanuel, God with us, became flesh and blood in the form of the baby born in Bethlehem. That birth marked the transition from prophecy to fulfillment. The gospel writer proclaimed, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Today, we light the final candle as a reminder that Christ has come, that he continues with us today. Into a dark and needy world he came, bringing light and life. John said of him, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus, later in his ministry, said of himself, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What better imagery could we have to convey the significance of Christ coming than that of light? Light reveals, light dispels darkness, light serves as a guide. And this light provides life, life that is full, abundant, and eternal. As Jesus said of himself, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. As Bob and Jerry Whelan come to light the Christ candle on this Christmas Eve morning, let us, with the angels and with the shepherds, give glory to God and thank him for his unspeakable gift. We have received the light with a capital L, and that light brings life. Now let us share it with all those we meet along life's way. Celebrate the 
celebrate this season of the child who is the light. As we go out and proclaim it more over the hills, mountains, valleys, as we go tell it to everybody is the reason the season is here because it brought us each and every one of our salvations to us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come together in this time of season, as we celebrate the life, the light that you gave us for each one of our salvations. We pray, dear Lord, that we each go out and we tell and proclaim what you've done in each one of our lives. And dear Lord, just pray now for this church. I lift it up to you, dear Lord. I pray that there are so many in our congregation that are hurting, that are sick, lonely, we pray for your spirit, your touching hand, to touch each and every one of us. And dear Lord, we pray now as Brother Kirby brings the message that the words that you have put in place in his heart will have a burning whole spirit into our souls and our life. And we'll heed each and every word that you have proclaimed through him. Dear Lord, just lift up Nancy as she continues with the music. Oh, what a wonderful time for some special and beautiful music is the time of the birth of your son. For all these things we're asking your holy and precious name. Amen.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. For giving. For giving. Thank you for your giving. To the Lottie Moon offering. Toward Lottie Moon. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. But most importantly, due to your generosity, we've been able to share God's word with those around us. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank, Thank you, First Baptist Church of Church in Riverside, California. Because you gave, I'm able to access remote areas of Central Asia and explain the gospel with people God is already drawing to himself. With your help, we are bringing light the dark places among unreached people groups. Because of what you've given, it allows me to share this gospel with as many Central Asians as I can across London. Your giving allows our organization to provide need for refugees and to give them hope. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering so that we can buy Bibles in Arabic that we use with our Discovery Bible study with non-believers. Because of your generosity, African women are hearing stories from God's Word while henna is being drawn on their hands and arms. And because of your giving, the, the life changes that we see through faith in Jesus Christ, that happens because of your gifts. for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and helping to provide this wonderful water filter here in Northern Thailand. Your giving allows me to continue with my medical license here in Ghana, where I can not only do surgeries, but also the patients have the opportunity to hear the gospel. So thank you. Because of your giving, I'm able to speak to these thousand kids every Wednesday morning. Thank you. Thank you, First Baptist Church. Thank you, Faith Promise Church. Thank you, Christina Baptist Church. Thank you for giving to Latimu. Thank you, and God bless you. There are Latimoon Christmas offering envelopes in the pew racks in front of you. If you have not had opportunity to give, or if you would like to give again, I know that those dollars will go to help spread the gospel across the world. You will notice in the bulletin what has been collected thus far toward our goal of $23,233.33. So I pray that you will give generously. Let's continue worshiping in song as we sing Emmanuel, God with us. Oh 
Follow along and be blessed by this sharing. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons who was righteous and the holy spirit was on him it had been that he would not die 
before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will peace, pierce your own soul too. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word and give us understanding hearts because these are the words of the Lord. Thank you. Oh. 
Thank you, choir. Christmas has always been a favorite time of year for me, probably for a number of you as well. It's a time uh, not only uh, do we reflect on Christ, but also his light. Now, as a kid, I understood that, but I didn't understand it to the degree I do today. So when I think of Christmas, I think that um, the atmosphere that I grew up in had a lot of different connotations. I grew up uh, in a family that didn't have means. My dad was a pastor of small churches uh, over the course of the years. My mom didn't work very often, and so when we came around Christmas time, it was always one of those things that we knew we weren't going to get a lot of gifts, but uh, still, my parents made it an exciting time, especially my mom. It was, a, it was a time of year that you just couldn't wait for, and it was a mixture of what we did in our family and what the environment was in the churches that we pastored, and so there was always this excitement. I'll never forget uh, one... Uh, and you might remember, um, every year we put up a silver aluminum tree. Anybody remember that? Did anybody actually have one? Yeah, okay. You remember the, the color wheel that you would put on it? Okay, all right. Those are my memories. <laughs> and I, uh, I'll never forget this one year, I asked for a TV and uh, my... Uh, uh, and, a, and, a, and a 22 caliber rifle. I was about 12 years old. And uh, I thought, there's no way in the world I'm gonna get those, but I'm gonna ask for them anyway. And lo and behold, on that, uh, on that uh, uh, Christmas day, I unwrapped this box, and there was this small black and white used TV. And I thought I was over the moon. I thought, man, it's gonna go in my room. It worked great, um, and it was economical on my parents' part. We finished uh, unwrapping everything, and then we, uh, we started to go in to have breakfast, and my dad looked over, looked at the piano, and said, well, what's that over there? And I thought, I, I don't know, I'll go check it out. And so I went over there, and there was that 22 caliber rifle. It was used, he got it at a pawn shop, I know what he did, <laughs> but it was one of the most exciting things. Along with that, obviously, was a hunter safety course, and uh, a safety on how to use, use the, uh, the firearm. But I thought to that day, I thought, man, that was one of the most exciting times of my life. It was exciting because my parents did everything they could to fulfill our wishes and our desires. And that's what they did over the course. But man, I tell you what, it was so hard, so hard to wait to unwrap those gifts. You know how kids are, they're impatient. The impatience of children of waiting for Christmas. Can I please open just one gift? <laughs> it's hard to wait. This morning, Rich and Dreama have read an amazing story about one man who waited for Christmas with more expectancy than any other. He was an older man by the name of Simeon. Simeon... Uh, shows us that God always has a people, even in the worst of times, ready to engage and to be involved in our lives. 
The story of Jesus' birth shows that even when religious leaders and institutions are corrupt, God still has a quiet people prepared for his coming. They're always there, that remnant. The characters of, in Luke chapters 1 and 2, Elizabeth and Zechariah, Simeon, Anna, Joseph and Mary, they remind us that God will always have a faithful people, even in the most difficult, the worst of circumstances, he's always got people. Simeon shows, he shows us how to prepare hearts for Christmas, our hearts. We prepare our hearts with integrity and with understanding of mind. Integrity of heart and an understanding of mind. These are the things that we should be and the things that we should know as we wait for Christmas. As I look at, uh, at Simeon, I'm thinking, what are the lessons that we can learn from him? Simeon gives us three things that I think we can certainly hold on to. He reveals the character of those who wait for Christmas. The character. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Most people missed the significant events of that very first Christmas. The political and the religious leaders never even knew what happened and the significance of it. Friends, let me tell you, in the community in which we live, and the world in which we live, even though there's a lot of Christmas celebration that takes place, so many of the folks will not see the true significance of what Christmas is. But Simeon was one that teaches us how, how to wait on the Lord and the Lord's plan in our life. How to understand that God is speaking and what we need to do. Simeon was the, one of the few who saw and uh, uh, understood what was taking place. And there was a reason for that. We find that um, when God spoke to him and said, you will not pass from this life until you have seen the Messiah. It had to stir his heart. Sometimes people say, well, God spoke to me about this and this and it didn't happen. This is an entirely different situation. God had spoken through his angel to Joseph. He had spoken through his angel to Mary. There is a significant understanding that the Holy Spirit spoke to Simeon about what was about to take place and the mighty work that God was about to bring on that very first Christmas. Simeon teaches us three things out of that character of those who wait. Number one, we are to wait for Christmas with integrity. In verse 25 it says, he was righteous and devout. This didn't just come about. This was his pattern of life. This is what he did on an ongoing basis, a daily basis. The, the significance of his life was set apart for God 
in its entirety. With reference to God's will, he showed in his life that it was with reverence and devotion and care about spiritual duties. And that's something that we need to take hold of in our own lives. We need to make sure that, that we are living our Christ-like life with reverence, with our understanding of devotion, and with care about the spiritual duties that God has given us, the purpose that he has planned for us, the opportunities that he gives us, the giftedness that he shares with us, the Holy Spirit that he places within us when we give our lives to Christ, and with an integrity of living our life set apart for him. No one sees Christmas who does not guard the integrity of his or her life. Only those whose hearts are right with God will see and sense the true significance of Christmas. And while there were so many in Simeon's day that did not understand that, there's so many in our day that does not or do not sense the significance of that. We should. We should see it and we should sense it and we should celebrate it. Also, we're to wait for Christmas with intensity. If you look in verse 25, it says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. A fierce intensity of expectation characterized Simeon. He lived daily with this sense of white heat of expectancy that, that God was about to intervene in a darkened world. This is the, the burning desire. Even in his elder years, this was the desire that he had. Didn't mean he had a whole lot of energy. It just means that, that he had this desire and understood that God was going to intervene because the Spirit spoke to him. He was living for God. It was significant in his life. And God said, let me tell you what's going to happen. It's important for us to remember that we experience as much of God as we intensively expect to experience. In other words, if we don't expect much from God, if we don't expect much from this season, we're not going to get much. It's all in relation to the intensity of how we expect. Christmas time ought to be a time that we evaluate our spiritual expectancy. Do we take on that same characteristic that Simeon did? Living his life set apart for God and, and God speaks to him. And what do we expect in this season? Is it a time for us to evaluate and say, God, I actually haven't heard from you for a while. God, is, is this something is there something I need to do to accomplish? Take an inventory. The Christmas season is one of those seasons that allow us that opportunity and see, are, are, are we living a life of intensity as well as integrity? And third, we're to wait for Christmas with inspiration. One of the most critical aspects of Simeon's character was his relationship with the Holy Spirit. In verse 25, it says that the Holy Spirit was on him. And that's significant because in the Old Testament days, the Holy Spirit came upon those who God had a particular purpose, but didn't stay on a permanent basis. Here, when, when things were just about to start unfolding, 
with the Christ child coming. The Holy Spirit was on him. It's significant. He had an abiding communion with the Holy Spirit. In verse 26 it says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. I think this was profound because the people had been awaiting for the Messiah for generations upon generations upon generations. They'd been longing for that day. And Simeon was the one that was revealed. You will not die. Even though you're, you're older, you're not going to die until you see that child. Simeon was chosen to receive this promise. We don't know why exactly, except he walked with the Lord. He had this sense of reverence about it. And the Holy Spirit did not leave him hanging. He didn't, didn't come upon him and tell him what was about to happen and leave him. Rather, verse 27 tells us that the Spirit gave Simeon directions on what he needed to do. It says, it moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When we're hearing God speak to us and we're walking with the Lord and he directs us to do something, he says, Here's what I'm about to do. Here's your part in this. That means we need to be engaged. We need to move on. We, we need to do what he tells us to do. Otherwise, we ourselves will miss the significance. And so what did Simeon do? He left where he was, and he went to the temple courts at that time. It is significant because the first Christmas was marked by a renewal of activity of the Holy Spirit of God. When the Christ child came down, the movement of the Spirit of God began to move, which would culminate when the Holy Spirit came upon those new believers in the upper room. And everyone from that point on gave their life to Christ, would receive the Holy Spirit as the down payment of the hope of the guarantee that was within them. The Spirit of God, His activity was moving. You can sense when God is about to do something. There's a spiritual movement that begins to take place in those people whom God is speaking to, who are listening, who have lives set apart. It's significant. Every Christmas ought to be marked by a renewal of the Spirit of God in our lives. And I would ask, does that characterize your life this Christmas season? Is there a renewal of God's Spirit, a, a movement of God in your life? Not just remembering the past, the Christmases of the past, but what God is speaking to you about today. Well, not only do we see the character of those who wait for Christmas, but Simeon reveals the comfort of those who wait for Christmas. A sense of comfort and well-being characterizes those who are ready for the significance of Christmas. That comfort comes from our relationship with Christ. When we have a relationship with Christ that continues to grow and we continue to walk with him, continue to learn about him, there's something that takes place. It's a comfort that comes from our relationship with him. In verse 28, the scripture says that Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. 
You know, in a, in a literal sense, Simeon was the first person on record to receive Christ. <laughs> Moved by the Spirit, he came exactly to the right time and to the right place because he heard God and he followed God. How about if he had said, well, God, I've got, I've got some things on my calendar that I need to do right now, but I'll go tomorrow. The opportunity would have been missed. When God speaks to us, he wants us to move forward, to take that opportunity, because it may not come again. Now, I want you to put this scene in your mind. Here on the eighth day, Mary and Joseph are taking Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. A census is being taken, so people are everywhere. There are lots of parents who are taking their children who were born at that time to be dedicated, to be blessed, to be consecrated. So there's nothing that we see that was dramatic or physical that caused Mary or Joseph or Jesus to stand out from all the rest. Yet Simeon, without hesitation, found his way to the Christ. Has God led you to his Christ? The Holy Spirit is able to bring you at the precise time and the precise place where your life intersects his. And that could be to give your life to Christ for the very first time. Or it could be a sense of renewal or rededication that says, man, I haven't been exactly where you wanted me to be, but God, I, I want to hear from you. And when you speak, I want to engage. And at this time and this place, it intersects with what God is speaking to you about. It's significant. Because the very same spirit that drew Simeon draws you this Christmas to that place. We also find that comfort comes from our satisfaction with Christ. In verse 29, the scripture says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. It was almost like this sense of relief. God, you fulfilled exactly what you said you would do. I'm holding this baby, so it's okay. I can go. I can take off from now. Simeon expressed this, this sense of fulfillment of life when he saw the Christ. There was complete satisfaction. He could go now. His assignment was done. My dad died 40 years ago today. My mom died a little over 10 years ago. And I'll never forget the day. In May, I, I received this phone call. My sister was with my mom. And, um, and she dialed the number, and I answered the phone. I was in my van, in the carport, uh, at our house in Florida. And she said, <laughs> never forget this, she said, Kirby, I'm dying today. And I said, what? <laughs> but she knew. And she said, I have a few things I want to share with you. And what, a, what an amazing conversation that was, full of tears. <laughs> My sister was there, 
My brother was en route to where my mom lived. My sister's daughter was driving 200 miles to try to get there in time. And as the, uh, as the afternoon came, I think it was four hours, mom kept asking Peggy, when will Kim be here now? When will Kim be here? Peggy would say, well, she's going to be here at this time, going to be here at this time. And when Kim arrived, they were able to, to sit down and talk for about five minutes before my mom fell asleep and died. She waited. She waited because she had some things to say to my niece. Simeon, it's interesting. He, he had some words to give to the, to the king. His words reflect a servant who had been posted by his master for a certain event. And when that event was completed, he was done. It was fine to dismiss him. My mom served the Lord. She was 91 when she passed. She served the Lord over the years, writing so many different open windows article, or, uh, devotions and so many articles and serving him as a, as a teacher for, for over 50 years. She was done. She was ready. Simeon was ready. It had been fulfilled. I have fulfilled my purpose. Simeon discovered absolute commitment and total well-being in seeing and receiving Christ. It was complete satisfaction for him so he could check out. And I wonder, do you face this Christmas with the sense of well-being and contentment in your life? Are, are you accomplished in the sense of knowing that your relationship with Christ is successful, that you are successful with what Christ has done in your life and what you have allowed him to do in your life. Only seeing and receiving Jesus Christ will do that. Living a life set apart for him with reverence and devotion and care about our spiritual duties and growth. There's one more thing quickly that Simeon tells us. And that is the concern of those who wait for the Lord for Christmas. You see, Christmas not only gives us comfort, but also we have this sense that, uh, that it gives our life the ultimate concern and mission. There's a purpose that it gives. Christmas concerns the certainty of God's faithfulness. You see, he's God, and he's a God that keeps his promises. In verses 29 through 30 of Luke chapter 2, it says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Our entire relationship with Christ depends upon his faithfulness to his promise. This is what I'm going to do. And our faithfulness to say, I trust him. I trusted him enough that he's going to do exactly what he says he will do. In the coming of Christ, we see that God does keep his promises. At least 73 specific promises from the Old Testament were fulfilled in the coming of the Messiah, 
at Christmas. 73. We may be sure that the God who kept his promises in the past will keep his promises in the future. No matter what you go through. Also, Christmas concerns the universality of God's salvation. This elderly Jewish man named Simeon proclaimed in verse 32 that the baby he held was a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. He saw that what happened in Jerusalem impacted the entire planet. Every human life. Sometimes we have tunnel vision, but not Simeon. What he saw when he held that baby in the temple courts was a piercing light that flashed across in every direction in that awesome moment. It's a light that the Savior has come. And he understood it. fact that you are here this morning proves that. Most of us, if not all of us, come from Gentile roots. There was no hope for us before. But here we find that the Christ child is the light for revelation to the Gentiles. We have the light. And it's the glory of your people, Simeon says. What a profound statement with people buzzing around everywhere, to and fro, coming back and forth. The temple courts were just busy, busy times. Nobody was paying attention. This conversation was between Mary and Joseph and Simeon with people all around, not understanding the significance of that very moment. Are you understanding the significance of this moment? Of what, what Christ can do in your life? And what he wants to do with that sense of purpose and concern and mission that he's given all of us? After the prophecy by Simeon, the wise men came from the east before that infant Christ. And so it impacted more than Jerusalem. There were those that were looking toward the light. The Christian world mission cannot be separated from Christmas. It's one of the reasons that we celebrate the Latin Christmas offering for international missions is because we want to continue to be the light to the Gentiles and to give glory to his people. And we're part of that. But you see, it has to start in our heart first. You see, it's news too good to keep. And by prayer and by gift, we send that light. In our neighborhoods, I was, I was overwhelmed by how many of you brought neighbors and friends to the Christmas concert last Sunday night. 
person after person that I talked to said, oh, I, I came with, uh, I came with you know, when my neighbors, or I brought my neighbors, or this, or that. I just, it would just warm my heart, and that's what we do. That's how we're to send the light. We're, we're to communicate that, not only as we go to the world, but in our own neighborhoods and parkets. And, and this Christmas is a time when we make that commitment. And not just for this Christmas season, but we make it from this point through the entire next year. Our decision to say yes. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to see Simeon in his commitment to be faithful to you. And Father, in the songs that we sing and the excitement that we have, we see Simeon as one who just, Lord, he's just willing to be used. He's devoted, committed. His character's right. His comfort is in you. And his concern about the lost is seen in what he says. And Father, I pray that we would take those characteristics on in our lives. On this Christmas Eve morning and all through the year. That Father, we would be the sharers of light. The sharers of hope. And we would allow your spirit to take control of our lives. And that God, we would always hear from you and be obedient. So that we're always at the right time and the right place to accomplish your work. And so help us to prepare ourselves to be those people like Simeon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we sing our invitation. You come as God leads you. <coughs> Thou didn't leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when the king was to earth for me. Yes. 
don't y'all go ahead and be seated if you would. Ms. Nancy will have a few things to, uh, to share with you in just a minute, but I wanted to remind you uh, that our Christmas Eve candlelight service will be at 4 o'clock this afternoon. So go home, get a little bit of rest, come back prepared, because that is always a very special service. So thank you for being here, and we look forward to seeing you this afternoon. Ms. Nancy? On the back of your bulletin, I'll draw your attention to several things. The first being men, the first of 2024's Men's Fellowship Breakfast will be on Tuesday, January 2nd. Our office is closed tomorrow and Tuesday, and then it is closed next Monday, January the 1st. So men, we need you to sign up no later than two o'clock this Thursday. The office will be open on Wednesday and Thursday. So if you are planning to come to the breakfast, we need you to either sign up today or no later than two o'clock on Thursday so sufficient food can be purchased and ready for you on Tuesday the 2nd at 8. You'll notice that next Sunday during worship, Steve Jackson, an IMB missionary, will be the guest speaker for Mozambique. You will not want to miss that. And then the women's ministry, you'll see you're having a cookie exchange on January the 8th, Monday. Uh, please make sure if you are wanting to get credit for donations, by, for 2023 that by the end of the day on Thursday, you've either purchased, brought them into the office or you have it postmarked so that it will be credited to 2023. On the left at the bottom, let me just draw your attention to our Bible study worship attendance and the offering, the Christmas musical attendance, and also what has been given thus far toward Lottie Moon. I hope that you will prayerfully consider continuing to give and last but certainly not least, the beautiful flower arrangement on the altar table today, given by Diane Sanchez. In loving memory of her father who has gone home to be with the Lord, she is the daughter of Carolyn Harold. So she wanted to honor both her mom and dad today with these beautiful flowers. Thank you so much, Diane, we appreciate it. This is Priscilla Asensio, and uh, Priscilla and I had a great conversation this, this week. She is a very strong believer, and she loves this church, been attending for a while, and uh, she's coming today on her statement of faith. She's given her life to Christ. She's followed through with uh, believer's baptism, and uh, I would like to ask, we, I, think, I think Priscilla attends your Bible study. Would you mind coming up and standing with her? Thank you very much. All in favor and accepting her, if you'd show that by the sign I, please. Aye. And if you're against that, the sign no. We are so glad to have you. Yeah, I think uh, you have come from Nevada, right? And then Idaho. And, Idaho. and now here. And it's much better here. It's, it's uh, warmer, yeah. <laughs> uh, excellent, excellent. So good to have you. Jack, Joyce. Oh, stay right there. Oh, you don't get away that quick, Priscilla. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Jack and Joyce Hook, and uh, they are coming as well on Statement of Faith. 
uh, both have accepted Christ and uh, been baptized by immersion. Um, we had a great conversation this past week, I think it was two weeks ago, whichever it was. And uh, strong, strong believers, they, they are celebrating their seventh anniversary tomorrow. So they wanted today to be the day. <laughs> that is tremendous. Um, Oh, yeah, why don't you guys, are you, can you stand, Cherie? Chuck, Cherie? Yeah. These great folks, the tunes, invited the hooks to come, I think, if my memory's correct. So if y'all could come and stand with, uh, with her, with Jack and, and Joyce. While they're making their way, all in favor of accepting them, would you show that by the sign I, please? Aye. Against that, the sign no? Okay, all right. Well, I tell you what, um, as uh, as Cherie and, and Charlie are coming, I want to let you know that uh, uh, two things. One is welcome to your church family. I know both of y'all have uh, have been uh, attending for a while. You've really connected with a good number of our folks, and uh, this is your family. Secondly, we're going to be praying with you and working beside you in these days ahead, and we look forward to that. Okay, and the conclusion of our service. Uh, folks, folks are going to come around and give you the right hand of Christian fellowship, basically saying, welcome to your church family, okay? All right, that'll be a wonderful time. All right, make sure everybody stable and all. Good, okay, all right. Joyce, is that? Yes. Would you stand as Joyce Dinelli comes to lead us in our closing prayer? Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? <coughs> Father God, we are so grateful for today. We are grateful for this season, the advent leading up to and expecting the coming of Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world today. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to be with us as we walk in the light. We thank you for the opportunity for hope, love, joy, and peace. And most of all, we thank you for the light because light dispels darkness. Where there is light, there can be no darkness. And we are so grateful for the light of Jesus Christ. We thank you for everything that our ears have heard and our eyes have seen today. We thank you for the choir, the celestial bells, the word, for everyone who has done anything in this worship service today. We feel privileged we had an opportunity to be of service. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you will go with us, that you will continue to keep, help us to keep the spirit of Advent alive into the coming year. Thank you so much as we celebrate the coming of Christ, the birth of Christ tomorrow. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks for all of these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.